0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production, available on Apple
1: Podcasts and Podcast One. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you can feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't. Ever. Trains are often going a lot faster than you expect them to be, and they can't stop. Even if the engineer hits the brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. By that time, what used to be your car is just a crushed hunk of metal. And what used to be you? Well, better not to even think about that. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop even if it sees you. The result is disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing. Stop, because trains can't. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. to another episode of the Eddie Trunk podcast which is new every Thursday via podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for listening everybody. Thank you for checking out the show however you get it, wherever you listen, wherever you are in the world. I greatly appreciate it and we are here for another couple of great interviews coming your way in just a second. Just got back from South Florida. Spent some time there once again at the beautiful Seminole hard rock in hollywood florida where i hosted a show with white snake it was good to see the guys good set from the band doing five songs from their new album in their live show which is quite ambitious but they do a good job with it and the band sounds killer and uh, they're doing it all real folks i'll tell you what you know that's a big peeve of mine now is bands playing to tracks and white snake doing everything real including all the vocals i watched them warm up and I'm always going to give props to those folks that are actually being real live rock bands in this day and age of uh, so many others putting stuff on tracks. It's great to see. It's great to hear the artists that actually put in the work and keep rock live the way it should be. And, you know, David Coverdale's had some well-documented vocal problems in the past, but he does a, a great job. And he's very smart in that he hired four guys in the band that can all sing really well so that really helps them out and it makes for a great sounding show. And Whitesnake will be out there touring in support of their new album, Flesh and Blood, which is uh, going to finally be released a week from Friday, if you've been waiting on that. So thanks to everybody at the Hard Rock in Hollywood for hosting me. And good to see the Whitesnake guys and good to see all the fans that I met there. And we had a good time there last Thursday. There's a ton of stuff going on appearance-wise for me. It's being added constantly. The schedule is getting really crazy. Hope you come out and join me at a variety of events that I have coming up. The next would be this Sunday in Encino, California, the Ride for Ronnie for the Dio Cancer Fund. So if you're in that area of Southern California, please come and join us. It is uh, for a great cause, raising money in the name of Ronnie James Dio to battle cancer bunch of guest musicians jamming food trucks. We'll start the action around noon. I usually get there somewhere around two. We got to be ended by five because of a curfew and the, the motorcycle rally part, which you do not have to participate in if you don't want to, that takes place earlier in the morning. So the music and the hang in the park starts around noon and goes till five. And I look forward to seeing everybody there in Encino this Sunday and then Monday I'll be doing my SiriusXM show, Trunk Nation, live from the Rainbow once again, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Major guests once again joining us. Totally free to get into. So come on down if you're in Southern California for that as well. That won't cost you anything, and we have a good time hanging at the Rainbow and uh, doing the broadcast. The guests I at the time I'm doing this open have not been announced, so I can't announce them. Hopefully I can somewhere down the line, maybe on social media at this point, would be the next opportunity, so keep an eye on that. Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, the fan page on Facebook, just my name, at Eddie Trunk, and eddietrunk.com, with all the appearances on the homepage. Speaking of which, let me run some other stuff down for you, just so you know it and it's uh, on your mind. Epicenter, big festival happening in Rockingham, North Carolina. I'll be doing a sort of That Metal Show reunion performance with Don and Jim, all three of us together, May 10 and 11. That's the Friday and Saturday at Epicenter. And we'll be on the Village stage at 5.45 p.m. each day. We will not be there on Sunday. Friday, Saturday only, 5.45 p.m. at Epicenter. Come and see us if you are attending that in North Carolina. Also, Rocklahoma, which I host every year, May 24, 25, and 26, prior Oklahoma. I'll see you there hosting that once again. Looking forward to it Memorial Weekend. Back to Tulsa on June 8th as I host Lynch Mob at the IDL Ballroom. Great spot in downtown Tulsa. Host so many shows there. It's a great time. Hope to see you for the next one. Lynch Mob June 8th. Tickets are at Stubwire. June 8th in Tulsa. Lynch Mob IDL Ballroom. June 15th. Miramar, Florida. And the Miramar Regional Amphitheater. Rock in the Park. Ingve Malmsteen. Dawkin, Lita Ford. Quiet Riot and more. July 19th, I'm going to be doing some speaking shows. I'll be at the Stanhope House, Stanhope, New Jersey, on July 19th. These are speaking Q&A shows, folks. We have some fun with these. Hope to uh, see you a lot of you out. It's a fun time. It is not a performance musically of any kind, although sometimes they put bands on before or after me. It's just some storytelling and Q&A and a little live stump the trunk. Stanhope House, Stanhope, New Jersey, July 19th. The Back Bar, Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, July 26th. And the Vault Music Hall, New Bedford, Mass., September 6th. And also Epicenter, the big music festival, headlined by Leonard Skinner, Def Leppard, and Guns N' Roses, many, many other bands. Manchester, Tennessee, October 11, 12, 13. The Mega Cruise, sales after that which I'll also be on, the cruise headlined by Megadeth. And then later on this year, November 2nd, Dominican Republic Punta Cana Breathless Spawn Resort, 80s in the Sand. It's all on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Please come down and join me if you're anywhere near these areas and hope to see you out and about. More stuff coming through and will be announced as we go. As I always mention, all the uh, interviews you hear are on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, originate on my SiriusXM radio show, which is live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, on channel 106, volume. It replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and it's on demand anytime you want on the SiriusXM app. If you're in the U.S. or Canada, please join me daily on SiriusXM and get the full picture of what I do on a daily basis here on the podcast. You're only getting one or two interviews a week. Everybody else around the world, you can't get XM if you're outside of the U.S. and Canada, but at least give you a little update and little uh, insights on some of the interviews and things that I'm doing on that channel on a daily basis. So, two interviews for you this week. We start with David Drayman of Disturbed who called in from the road on the band's last leg of their tour in support of their new album. Pretty remarkable what's happened with Disturbed, how successful they've become. Headlining arenas now, and I'll be seeing them coming up at Rocklahoma very soon, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to bring you this recent conversation I had with their lead singer, David Draymond. That's up first. And then second, uh, an interview with Andy Parker, drummer and... Founding co-founding member of UFO, one of my all-time favorite bands. Tragic news in the UFO camp came down a couple weeks ago when their keyboardist, rhythm guitarist, backing vocalist Paul Raymond passed away at 73 due to a heart attack. Andy Parker, in the only interview I've heard about Paul Raymond's death, called into my radio show. I'll bring you that audio second in the podcast. Since that interview was done. Just the other day, UFO have announced a replacement for Paul Raymond on their next run of touring, and I'm very happy to hear it will be Neil Carter, who was the guy who replaced Paul Raymond when he left UFO back in 1980, and I think the guy that it makes the absolute most sense for them to have called on. I'm glad he was available. I'm glad they made that decision. He is also a big part of UFO's history, and I'm thrilled with that choice Look, Paul Raymond was one of the classic guys, the five classic members of UFO, without a doubt. But sadly, with him no longer there, I can't think of a better guy they could have called on than Neil Carter, who also spent time in Gary Moore's band, was a big part of UFO on three studio albums, Mechanic, Mechanics, Wild Willing and the Innocent, and Making Contact, a record he also played bass on for UFO. So a multi-instrumentalist, returning to help out his former band with the passing of Paul Raymond. And that was just announced. And that, as you'll hear in the interview, Andy Parker couldn't reveal who the replacement would be. But since this interview was done, it has been announced that it was, indeed, it will be Neil Carter, who I nudged Andy a little about a little bit about during the interview you're about to hear, uh, saying, I thought it would be a great idea if they were to do that. So Draymond... Followed by Andy Parker of UFO. That's what you got this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. A little bit of a mixed bag. Two interviews for you. Hope you enjoy them. We'll get to them right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? You can get an offer for your car with TrueCar. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a true cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to TrueCar and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions, and you'll get an accurate, true cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in, and they'll check it out. And uh, you guys can look at over together. You can ask questions. You get the answers you need, so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trading your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. This is the Eddie Trunk podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Coming up in just a few, Andy Parker, the current and the founding member, original member of one of my most sacred bands, UFO, talking about the passing of Paul Raymond and more. That'll be the second part of the podcast. But first up, I bring you this conversation that happened about six weeks ago, actually, with David Draymond of Disturbed, who called in from the road The band, were just getting ready to play some big arenas, including Madison Square Garden. I'll be seeing Disturbed when I host Rocklahoma in a few weeks out in Pryor, Oklahoma. Always uh, fun to talk to Draymond, so let's do it right now. First up on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, David Draymond of Disturbed. David.
0: I'm here. How are you, brother?
1: (laughs) How are you, my friend? What's going on? The usual hectic chaos of the road, I assume,
0: huh? Yeah, yeah. Flight delay after flight delay and only the most deller and i say that with an extreme amount of sarcasm airline and the entire industry american oh, i just love them so much
1: Not well either. i i'm a uni- <laughs> i fly i fly united exclusively cuz that's their a hub by my home in new jersey and i, I have the same complaints so i've come to the determination david that they all just suck
2: they really do I really do. I mean,
0: I, I, I've, I've actually been pretty happy with Delta lately, but uh, the other two big ones have really kind of gone way downhill. <laughs> what are you going to do?
1: What are you going to do? It's the, uh, the, the perils of the job, running around the country, rocking the country, rocking the world, disturbed with the new album out. Uh the latest album is Evolution and man you guys are just kicking ass out there on the road playing arenas playing Madison Square Garden on Monday in New York. You were nice enough to reach out to me about that. Unfortunately, I won't be in town for that, but thank you for that. This has been uh of last course. few years just been, last few years just been incredible for you guys, man. It's got to feel great.
0: It's been really an amazing amazing experience, incredibly blessed. Um you know, it, it we we've been very fortunate in our career that it's always been a very uh, gradual ascent. We really haven't had any serious dips of any kind, which is always nice. Um, and uh, the, the the growth that we've witnessed over the course of the past few years has been tremendous. We feel like you know we're playing uh, at a level that is unprecedented in our per- careers. Personally, uh, we're we're really firing on all cylinders, and this this particular of ours, we're especially proud of. A um, lot of thought, a lot of hours, a lot of effort, a lot of creative forces involved, a um, lot of moving parts, the most complicated and complex production we've ever assembled, and the longest set length of our careers playing two hours of material a night. It's been just amazing, and, and the reactions from the crowds have been you know, really uh, driving us forward every single night.
1: Yeah, it is. And what makes that even more incredible, what's happened with you guys in the last few years, is not only the quality of what you've done and the hard work you've put in, but anybody will bemoan the standing of rock these days and hard rock and how hard it is to break through. So the fact that you guys have been able to do it against that grain... And with that as the backdrop, and currently out there headlining arenas, and you know, make no mistake, I tell my audience all the time, there's a difference between going out as a pure arena headliner and going out on a package and shed tours and what have you. This is really a hell of, I mean, it's amazing the business you're doing, the buildings you're playing, and all of that against this backdrop that we keep hearing about how hard it is for rock music to break through.
0: Yeah, well, they're going to keep on singing that, song and dance because it's a headline that for whatever reason every once in a while sells and people click on it and they want to read about it and they're always so quick to proclaim rock dead uh even you know some of the gentlemen and ladies within our own genre are very quick to proclaim rock right. dead and it's it's, it's absolutely uh, the opposite i mean we've the 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 rock acts that are doing what they're doing well are are continuing to grow and are continuing to develop and the fan base has always been there and the irony is that if you look at touring exclusively within uh, the rock world we're a dominant force on a global level I, and 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 in many territories in fact in most territories we uh, eclipse the other genres but it's just not uh one of those uh sound bites it seems to sell very well
1: these days where where is the strongholds for disturbed i mean we talk about the business you're doing in america which is incredible as i said the garden on monday night and the the dcu center worcester on uh tuesday uh, on uh wednesday night and then you go into canada and buffalo and all these big buildings and arenas where out i mean i know you guys have worked the globe for for many years but where where's the biggest uh followings that you have outside of the u.s right now
0: um, we do really, really well in New Zealand and Australia. Um, we do uh, very well across the UK, um, all across our European run. I mean, depending on the markets that we've been to more frequently and those that we've only recently started revisiting, um, you know, you, you, you change strategies a couple different times in your career depending on where specific markets tend to be heating up. For a long time, there are Several markets within Europe that weren't the strongest in rock that were having a bit of a resurgence, and you, you kind of need to. It's it's a chess match of sorts. You got to be careful where you move your pieces and at what point in time. Um, but uh, you know, with Germany, the UK, um, all, all throughout um, Europe in particular, and, and and this one we're doing a lot of these Eastern Bloc or well, former Eastern Bloc, I should say. Let me correct myself. Countries that uh, are 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 showing to be incredibly strong we're playing estonia for the first time we're playing a number of these markets that that we've never even dipped our foot in the water into and we're seeing a pretty massive reaction right out of the gate so it's it's a it's a developing story eddie and and i i I think that uh, we're going to continue to keep on pushing in the areas that are are showing the kind of uh responsiveness that they have of late
1: how much of the new album have you been doing in the set list? I imagine there's, I mean, listening to this record, I mean, there's some stuff on here that, uh, you know, just lends itself so well to the live stage, including, of course, the opening track, which is like tailor made. How much have you been able to put in from the new record in the live show?
0: Quite a bit. Um, you know, yeah, are, are you ready? Is it definitely tailor made to open up a set? And, and, uh, you know, that's definitely what we've been using. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it's a gimme, as they say. And we enjoy it. The, the, the fan reaction is explosive, you know, instantaneously, and, and, and it's a wonderful opener. But we've been playing uh, Hold On to Memories, A Reason to Fight. We've been playing No More from the record. We've been playing um, Watch You Burn, uh, quite a bit of new material from uh, the new record. And we also have, you know, several spots that we leave as our. Um, audibles for the night, uh, the rotating song category. and the, So you never really know what else we're going to pull out. But, uh, yeah, I, we, we've been playing quite a bit of it, and the reactions live have been amazing. Um, you know, the, the material on the new record really gives us a, a tremendous dynamic flow throughout the set. It, it, it enables us to have real peaks and valleys of intensity and, 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 and some really poignant emotional moments amongst the pummeling, (laughs) which I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. Sometimes uh, uh, a caress feels best when it's preceded by a good smack.
1: And, and really, that's the story of the record. I mean, when I when I got the record and I watched and I, and I saw a, a song title like Watch You Burn, I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be heavy and evil and, and menacing. And then you listen to it. It's a very different sort of vibe. But that's really been, I think, uh, a, a, not only a, a hallmark of the band in general, but certainly this record where you kind of, you know, you take those different turns and different passages and show a different side of what Disturbed can do. At the core, of course, it's a heavy rock band, but you've got a lot of other things. No better illustrated of course than the gargantuan success of the the cover of sound of silence on the last record
0: for sure and 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 you should know Eddie. i mean it is largely in part to our influences from the classic rock era really was i mean the whole previous touring cycle on immortalized uh, all our dressing room music was our pre-show music was you know, classic rock bands or, or Zeppelin and we're talking, you know, certainly Sabbath, but, but we're talking about even going into uh, Journey and REO and Fleetwood Mac and uh, uh, Creedence, and, uh, you know, further and further down the line. And just just listening to how much diversity those records had back in the day and, the, you know, the combination of stylistic elements and, and, and the journey that they took you on. It made us really yearn to try and, and, and recreate that vibe. And uh, it, it now having those additional tools in our repertoire, it really helps make the set more dynamic. It makes for a, a really, really uh, amazing experience, not only for uh, the fans, but for us as, as musicians, you know, being able to go through all these different elements in the live show.
1: Has it amazed you even now a few years after what the sound of silence did for you guys? I mean, I've seen some clips online. My, my good friend Miles Kennedy did a tremendous performance of that with you. I saw, oh, yeah. I saw you do it at Rocklahoma a couple years ago. You'll be back there headlining one of the days on May 26th. Um how how is it it is still reverberating what you've done with that song and the one thing i think about is you i mean look you've got a tremendous voice but you know you've got to go out there and deliver that thing every night the way people want to hear it uh, i hope in 20 yeah. years you didn't paint yourself into a corner david cuz we've no seen kidding. that before
0: it is, it is it is daunting it is daunting um but you know what i, I got to honestly say it, it's literally one of my favorite moments of the night Every time we play it. Um, it, it is, especially on this run, we've done it just so beautifully in terms of the theatrical method that we're delivering it on this tour. And it just, it's such a joy to to see people light up the way that they do and to to, to see an entire audience, you know, that was just a few moments prior you know, banging their heads and, <laughs> and, and creating circle pits and everything else. All of a sudden everybody that's so big and bad and tough is literally, along with yours truly, you know, moved to the verge of tears. it, it, it it's an incredibly powerful moment every right. night. And I, I I I it never ceases to amaze me. How it continues to take on different forms. Like, you know, recently uh in, in Poland they had a uh, this this terrible uh, occurrence of of, of, of uh, a mayor that, that was actually uh, assassinated, uh, and uh, to his memory, uh, they they in in the public square they did an a cappella version of our version of the sound of silence, and it's become you know another incarnation of what this version of ours has been able to do for people and how many different facets of society it, it, it's reached it it. it it blows my mind. I, I, I'm continually just humbled by how much it's reaching people.
1: And you guys were sort of hesitant, if I if I'm not mistaken, when you did the, that recording to to tackle that, right? I mean, I remember when we talked for that record, you had said you had said that there was some hesitation whether it was something you really wanted to do.
0: Well, you know, it's only uh, it's only the you know, arguably one of the greatest songwriters of all time that you're trying to cover. And a lot of purists, as I'm sure, you know, when it comes to, you know, artists of that stature, they would tell you just simply don't touch something like that. Cause how could you possibly hold the candle to what they've done? How could you, you know, it's considered a sacrilege for classical purists, so to speak. So yeah. Once right. a situation like that thinking, uh-oh, yeah. And, uh, but at the end of the day, we just
1: uh, unfortunately we're losing your phone, David. Sounds like you're, we're losing you there. I know you're going through an airport.
0: Uh, okay. Might be. Losing. Hold
1: on. Uh, you might be coming back though. Are you there, bud?
0: Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yep.
1: Got you back it's there right for right a second. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <All
0: right. laughs> Sorry, brother. I'm on the road here. Um, yeah. I hear you. But, you know I, I I I I always you know I always try to say that we should always be trusting our gut instinct more than anything else, and the version just made us have you know goosebumps every time we listened back to it. It made us emotional every time we listened to it. So we could only hope that it would affect everyone else the same way.
1: And one other thing I wanted to mention, I'll let you go because I know you're traveling, but there was a great moment that I saw a video of where you pulled a girl up on stage. I guess she had been getting knocked around by security or something, and you, she sat down on the riser and you let her sit. I mean, that was just an amazing moment. Can you talk about that for a second?
0: Sure, sure. I mean, we 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 have pretty incredible moments like that almost on a nightly basis on this run. It, it's really become one of my favorite Aspects of what we do is just, you know, truly making a a moment incredible for people, uh, you know, to the extent that we can. And in that particular situation, as in many others, whether I I, I see somebody doing something inappropriate, you know, as far as not necessarily keeping their hands off of of women in the audience or or being a little too rough or, or trying to start a fight for the wrong reasons. I always try to be a, a, a bit of a peacemaker in those situations, even though it is my job to drive the crowd and to energize them. but we're, we're always very, very concerned that everybody who's at our, our concerts is, you know safe. And, and sometimes, no matter who you are, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're male, female, uh, it, it, it pays to have somebody that just has your back. <laughs> you can't see and you can't predict everything and and uh sometimes all it takes is is a few of the right words at the right time from the right person to diffuse a situation and if i have the moment where i have that power to wield i'm going to do what i can do to wield it responsibly and uh she just you know, really, unfortunately, <laughs> she wasn't ready for what she got sucked into. You know, the, the 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 circle pit can be kind of unforgiving. And the guys didn't mean anything. They were just doing what they do. But right. she was up by the front of the barricade. And, you know, she didn't realize she was going to get sucked in and did. And so we just needed to make sure that she was safe and then make her feel safe afterwards.
1: Yeah, it was a wonderful moment and really cool of you. And she, of course, the first thing she did when she got up there and realized what she was, that she was on stage with Disturbed was get her phone out and document it, you know, which is just... Yeah, just, God you know, bless, you know, the most <laughs> important thing. <laughs> but it was really, really cool. Hey, man, I know you're traveling and uh, I got to run, but I appreciate a few minutes and uh, hopefully we can do something more again soon. And congrats on all the success. Say hi to the guys. And I look forward to seeing you once again, headlining at Rocklahoma. I'll be out there hosting a... It again this memorial weekend and that'll be a great party and uh, i'm so glad to see you guys were back on it again so if i don't catch you before then i'll see you in oklahoma
0: all right brother you take care safe
2: travels
1: you too man my thanks to david draymond of disturbed joining me and let's take a break right now we'll come back and we'll spend some time talking with andy parker of ufo next on the eddie trunk podcast this is the eddie trunk podcast Hey, be sure to check out Offbeat with Ricky Anderson and Mir Harris on Podcast One, the head of A&R for the Kanye West-founded label Good Music, and the music executive turned activist as they welcome Apple executive and world-famous DJ Zane Lowe. Download new episodes of Offbeat with Ricky Anderson and Mir Harris every week on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for checking out the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Again, new episodes every Thursday on iTunes and, of course, at podcastone.com and always free. Changing gears now, an interview I conducted a couple weeks ago with Andy Parker of UFO. Andy Parker is the uh, one of the original members of UFO and the only uh, British member of the band that lives in America. He lives in Texas. And I reached out to Andy just about a few days after it was announced that Paul Raymond suddenly passed away to talk a little bit about Paul and see if the band were going to fulfill their touring commitments that they have lined up for the U.S. As you're about to hear in the interview, now when this was done, the replacement for Paul Raymond had not been revealed. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it has now been revealed that it will be Neil Carter Coming back to UFO to fill the shoes of Paul Raymond. A decision I'm very, very, very happy about. Paul Raymond will be missed greatly, but UFO, I think, did a very smart move in calling Neil Carter to come back into the fold and help out. So that is not revealed yet in the interview, but what we do talk about is Paul Raymond, his influence and impact on the band, and UFO going forward, which even though they're on a farewell tour, Sounds like there might be a little bit more left in the tank. They already have something booked in 2020. Let's get to it right now with Andy Parker of UFO on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Andy, thanks for a few minutes today and uh, you know, first and foremost, man, my condolences. I'm 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 uh sorry to you and the entire UFO camp. Just shocking
2: sad news. Absolutely, Eddie. I think we're all still trying to get our heads around it.
1: Can you can you talk a little bit about um you know you you guys were on tour for people that don't know UFO on a farewell tour a 50th anniversary tour and you had just completed a run of dates in in the UK right
2: Absolutely yeah we've just done um almost 5 weeks of dates um quite uh, quite intense dates one of the best tours we've done in years um and you know as far as we knew everything was good I mean you know as you said, a huge shock and, and uh, you know, even more so for us. I mean, I, you know, I mean, we've just we just been with the guy for five weeks and he seemed absolutely fine. So it's uh, it is a little hard to try and understand, but um, I guess these things happen. Unfortunately, we get to our stage of life, it tends to happen a little more often than you want.
1: Yeah, which is actually is one of the reasons why, if I'm not mistaken, that Phil – kind of said he thought it would be now a good time to sort of start winding down the band. I remember reading something with Phil where he even said something kind of half-jokingly like, hey, I don't want to be out there on the road and anybody dropping at this point. And, you know, I when, when I heard about Paul dying, th- that's something that jumped into my mind immediately because I do remember reading that Phil sort of in his release about calling it with the band kind of referenced the fact that we need to know when to stop.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think with Phil, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to quantify because he's, he's kind of tight-lipped about it, but um, I know that we've lost a few people close, you know, Lemmy, we lost Chris Tangarides, who just did our last couple of albums, um, you know, people, we've lost some people very close to us, and I think it just got Phil start thinking, and although he, you know, th- there's this rumor going that he's retiring, he's not actually retiring it was more that he just wanted a cut back on the touring, and of course UFO is a touring band, and I think he just, you know, just felt that uh, that he'd done enough time on the road, and he wanted to really cut that cut that down. So, um, I mean, having said that, he has accepted a, a cruise for next year. Um, with the band, you know. So, I mean, I don't think he's putting the band, you know, um, totally, uh, you know, on ice, but uh, I think maybe more selective, and I don't think you'll find us doing these long tours anymore.
1: Andy, um, when you were on tour recently with Paul, who, for those that don't know, joined the band around 77, and for for people, look, UFO has had a lot of different people in and out of the band over the decades, but what, what almost every UFO fan uh, regards as the classic lineup is the lineup that made strangers in the night with yourself Michael Pete Phil and uh and
2: Paul and, Paul. and
1: yeah. of course uh, the band currently as it consisted in recent years was without Michael and Pete, but with Paul there yourself and Phil so absolutely. when you yeah. when, when you were on tour and doing these shows, nothing from him of any ailments any concerns, any issues, he seemed totally fine
2: absolutely. Um, he did have a, a, a touch of, of a problem with with one of, with his foot. I think you know, he'd been diagnosed with gout, maybe, and it, you know it acted up for once in a while. But uh, like I said in my little tribute to him, you never would have known. I mean, that guy could have been in pain, but he'd never let it affect his his performance. He always went out there and gave it his all, you know. So, um, so that's the only thing I knew that was bothering him um and you know and i have actually traded emails with his girlfriend um he recently moved well in the last couple of years moved to germany with his girlfriend and uh, she said that she didn't understand this because at the end of last year he passed a major physical and he, he passed it with flying colors so it is is you know it's as much a shock to her for that reason as to all of us you know and as i said he seemed perfectly fine
1: yeah, I was going to ask you about that because so many times we hear about musicians, and when you hear things like this, the immediate thing is, well, they never got checked, they never kept up yeah, with exactly. their health. Exactly, you
2: know, and that's kind of what I thought. I thought well, he probably hasn't been to the doctor in years. But when uh, Sandra sent me that that email saying that she just didn't understand it, I mean, obviously she's devastated. You know, they only been together for a couple of years, and. Um, And, you know, obviously they were very close and, and she just don't understand it. You know, he, he, according to the doctor, he was fine, but you know, that's not the first time I've heard that. So, um, it's just, it's just a real shame, but you know, I mean, from my point of view, I'm trying to kind of, you know, and and it is hard. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's still really sunk in for me, you know, because obviously I saw him, you know, and and I think the night after, you know, the night of the last show of the Friday night, um i said to him are you guys heading back to germany he said no no we've got a hotel in london we're going to stay here for a, for a few days and, and do some shopping i said well enjoy spending your money you know and he just laughed and said yep i'll see you in a few weeks because you know we're due to be out um at the beginning of june in europe again and uh, that was the last word i had with him and he seemed absolutely fine so it, it is a huge shock
1: and in being in touch with his girlfriend, Andy, was she able to shed any light on exactly what happened? He had a heart attack. Is that correct? Yes,
2: apparently, he, he woke up that morning. And he was complaining of stomach pain, and he laid down for a while, and then he, then he got up and said, oh, it, it's better. I feel much better. And I think, you know, and then very soon after that, he had the, had the attack, and I guess they called an ambulance, and they tried to revive him, but they couldn't. Um, it was obviously too too big of a heart attack.
1: Can you talk about when you first met uh Paul Raymond and how he came into UFO? He joined the band on what many consider to be one of the one of your greatest studio records and and classic record for sure in Lights Out and that mm-hmm. was his first record with the band after was having that like a few 76 different six maybe 77 what was released in 77 he may yeah, have joined in Yeah I think he 76.
2: came in in 76 and and the album was released in 77 and I believe if I'm, if I'm, if my memory serves me well, and it's getting kind of fuzzy, <laughs> I think he came via. We were doing a show with Savoy Brown, maybe.
1: Which was the and, band he was in prior.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think in, in America somewhere, and uh, and th- that was when Danny Peronel was in the band, and we kind of knew that that wasn't going to work out. It would kind of like run its course. And I think he got talking to Pete, and I think Pete. Um, said to him, well, you know, we're going to be looking for a new keyboard player. And, of course, Paul was, you know, a switch hitter. He played the guitar as well, which made it perfect, you know, and, and a great voice, great great vocals too.
1: And, so wrote some... and you know,
2: that's that's, a, that's a, a, big, a big gap to try and fill.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And that's what I was going to ask you about. I'll get to that in a second. But when he came into the band, had you guys known him much prior to? I mean, he was in Savoy Brown and then uh... –
2: He was in Chicken Shack before Savoy Brown.
1: Did you, but did you, Andy, were you first, did you first meet him when he joined
2: UFO or had you? Yeah, I think so. I didn't know him prior to that. Right. I mean, I may have seen him play, but I'd never met him. No. So, um, you know, but he fit really well. He just kind of came in and he was, you know, he had a similar background to us, you know, growing up with the blues and. And uh, yeah, he was a really good fit. I mean, obviously, you know, from from the years that he spent and and the albums we made with him, you know, especially as you said, Strangers. Oh, excuse me, That's <laughs> the right. cable guy just came in. <laughs> no dogs, no dogs are doing their job. Yeah, so um, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't known him prior to that. No.
1: And, yeah, and what for me? Uh, you know, I I always think of Paul when, and it'll be so strange to come to the shows and not you know he's always had that smile he always just like all of you guys always tolerate my my uh obsession with your band no pun intended on obsession but you know he would always come over to me and whisper some things to stir me up a little bit and tell me some stories and it right. just always had that smile and and all that but from a fan standpoint for me what i always said about paul raymond and and ufo in general is i don't think there's ever been a hard rock band that has had a more with with Paul in the band had a more effective use of keyboards meaning that all, whatever he did keyboard-wise, whether it be on the studio records or live, were was always the perfect thing. It was never too much where it softened or got in the way of the power of the band, but always these perfect textures and sounds. And one of my all-time favorite songs is Love to Love, the, the keyboard beginning, just everything All about right. it. And then he was that perfect change. He was that perfect utility guy where, okay, a song didn't call for keys. There he was with the left-handed with the guitar, yeah. you know, filling out the sound, and I loved when he would harmonize with Phil on vocals. I thought, yeah, you know, absolutely. that sounded great. As I, said,
2: I mean, he's a, he's a superb all rounder. I mean, you know, uh, multiple talents there. And uh, you know, he played that guitar upside down too, which a lot of people don't realize. It's strung, it's strung the normal way, but played upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so exactly, he said to me when he was learning. There was only ever right-hand guitars laying around, so that's the way he would pick up, you know, and, and he learned to play that way. And it kind of actually, I think it actually added a little of a different sound, you know, the way he had to strum it upwards instead of downwards and stuff. It's quite interesting, but yeah. yeah. And, and you, you, per, know, I mean,
1: you personally, Andy, I mean, what, your relationship over the years was a bit up and down, was it?
2: Well, you know, I mean, as I said in my in my tribute to him, you know, I mean, we didn't always see eye to eye, but that's because, you know, he made his opinions known. I mean, you know, he wasn't a guy just to kind of go with the flow always. If he felt strongly enough about something, he'd tell you. And I, and I, you know, I admire that about him, you know, and I always will. But we always stayed friends. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, that's that's the kind of thing about him, you know. Um, He could have a discussion with him, but, you know, at the end of the day, we were buddies and we were bandmates and and life carried on.
1: And he wrote some great songs, too. I mean, he uh, I'll tell you, there is a song on the record called The Monkey Puzzle called Kingston Town. Yep. That, that he wrote, and I yep. used to always talk to him about that song. It's on one of the more recent UFO records, you know, with Vinny on guitar with the current band. But there's, that is a great, that song has such a great melody, such a beautiful song. And he was a, you know, not, not the, pri- certainly not the primary songwriter in the band, but he certainly made songwriting contributions.
2: Absolutely. I, mean, I believe. You know, we, on, on this tour we've just finished, we were we were doing Ain't No Baby, and that was one of his.
1: Oh, so great you know, from Obsession, yeah. yeah. yeah and then, yeah. of course, he would leave UFO and yeah. and join, interestingly enough, Michael Schenker. And, yep. I, you know, how was the vibe at that time with him leaving to go to Michael's band?
2: I, you know, um, I don't remember it being a problem. You know, I mean, people do, they come and go. You know, I mean, I've been in the band what, three times now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's got a revolving door thing going on there. But, um, no, I don't remember there was any animosity about it. I mean, he came back. He, I mean, he came back. And, in fact, he is the guy that called me to get me back in 2005 when I came back for the last time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's the guy that made the phone call to me. Uh, he said, he, I remember saying it, it was it an was a, a August bank holiday in England, you know, and I was heading back to work the next day. I, I was working for my family at that time, and I, the phone rang. And it was Paul, and he went, Phil told me not to bother calling you because we've asked you before. He said, but Jason's left, and we've got this show to do in Spain. I was wondering if you'd be interested in coming back. And I said, you know, actually, yeah, I would. So then um, it was just for the one show at that time, but it worked out so well that, as you see, I've stayed. Yeah, And I'm, and I'm really glad he called me. You know, it was been fab- fabulous just to get to play with those guys again. You know, and and I'm going to miss the hell out of him. I really am. Yeah. We had a lot of, you know, we we had a lot of this, of uh, things in common, especially our sense of humour. So um, you know, I really will miss him. And, and and unfortunately, that hasn't really sunk in yet. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's um it's not going to be until I get you know. With the guys again, and he's not there. That's really going to hit home.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure for for you guys and for all the fans as well. You know, a yeah. quick note: when when Paul went and joined the Michael Schenker group, there's a song on the first record he did with that band called "Never Trust a Stranger," which was a, a, a single, I think, at one point, and written by Paul. It's just a great, great song. If people have a chance to to check that out, Andy, have you? Uh, I'm assuming you've talked to all the other guys in the band, and have you heard from Pete and or Michael about this? Have you guys all sort of uh, traded any any notes or anything? Or
2: no, um, but I did hear via a, a mutual friend that, that when he talked to Pete about uh, about this, Pete Pete was pretty much um, Pete Pete is 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 getting ready to embark upon some solo. I don't know if you if you've got your ear to the ground. He has another band he's put together now, and he's he's going out to do some dates this summer. In fact, he's playing he's playing at uh, Sweden Rock the same day as we are, on a different stage, but right before we go on. So I'm hoping to actually catch his uh, his performance. But I guess he was he was more caught up with, with what's going on with him than with Paul, really. I mean, they hadn't seen each other for a long time. Mm. So, um, you know, it's hard to know how other people feel. I mean, Phil's been pretty tight-lipped about it, too. You know, I've traded a couple of emails with him, but he's not saying a lot. And probably for the, the reason we discussed earlier, you know, this is exactly what you feared, kind of, you know, and it's... Uh, it's very hard to come to terms with.
1: Yeah, I have actually emailed with Phil about this as well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I got in touch with everyone and expressed my condolences and yeah. Phil got back to me a couple times and he even when I talked to him about you know, I, I really I wanted and I appreciate you taking a few minutes today because to me it's really important that we remembered Paul and celebrated him in some way. You know, when the the big name marquee guys pass away, there's tributes and shows and on and on and on. But to fans you know, a guy like Paul, who are, and and to so many UFO fans. I mean, I heard from all, you know, from David Ellison and Megadeth to all these guys who, yeah. you know, UFO had such an influence on. It's and incredible. Every, you know, everyone really just shattered who I've about you know, in yeah. on
2: this, and and the fans too. I mean, so many fans. You know, because um, you know, I mean, I've always say we have the best fan base in the world. But you know, the, just the messages that are poured in for for this. You know. It, um, people loved him, you know. And like I said, he, he's a it's a huge space to fill. Yeah. You know? So um, what... But just just so you know, we are planning to carry on. Okay, that's, that's what we're exactly asking. I think that's exactly what he would have wanted. Right. And um, we're planning to carry on. And I believe I can't tell you exactly how how we're carrying on today, but um, we are definitely carrying on with with the uh, with the last orders tour. And um, I think we're going to make an announcement sometime during this week, probably the mid to later this week, about you know who's going to be um, taking over those duties. Well, I don't I was... want to say replace him because you can't replace him, but, but obviously somebody has to you know has to fill that gap. And I think we'll be making an announcement about that later this week. Well, let
1: me ask you this: I know you probably can't reveal it yet, but the first thing that came into my mind as a huge fan of the band, as you know, is the The guy who replaced him when he left u f o which was Neil Carter, who made a huge contribution. I don't know what Neil does now. I don't know if he even still plays, but is that a consideration?
2: Well, I'm sure his name you know was on the list. There were several people that we that we thought about, and as I say. Um, I'd love to tell you, but I've been sworn to secrecy <laughs> so, because, you know, our manager feels he should hit the website before. before right. No, I understand. But you, so, so um, you have you know, a guy just, though. Just, you've, you, you know, you've, you've,
1: you've, uh, you've, you've settled on a guy. You just haven't announced it yet.
2: We, we're pretty certain we've settled on a guy. We, you know, we're just crossing the T's and dotting the I's right now. But, uh, I think probably by Wednesday or Thursday, you everyone will know.
1: And yeah and Phil Phil had said to me when when he had gone back and forth with me a couple times on email he had said you know I said hey do you want to come on and uh and speak a little bit about Paul and he said I appreciate the offer and I would love to he said but uh you know he said get in touch with Andy he said I don't I don't do well with these sort of things he said and I tend to you know Phil said he tends to I, I guess as a as a mechanism he tends to make humor out of everything
2: exactly <laughs> and he said yeah. that
1: sometimes doesn't play well in these no, situations No, I mean, you
2: know, it, it, it's, it's a very fine line isn't it eddie i mean you know um, and paul would have appreciated it because like i said we we shared the same kind of you know wicked wicked sense of humor that, that, that you know that, that tends to go with this band as you know i mean you've been around us enough to know how we are but but yeah, this time it, it's a little difficult, and I think that is Phil's—that's Phil's defense mechanism, you know, to to joke about it. And we all we all do, but you know, but, but obviously, we don't want to make light of the fact that you know of, of what a huge loss this is to us, and you know what a extremely talented person Paul was.
1: And if you're going to joke about anything, you got to be honest here and say it's pretty remarkable if you think about it that of the original of the classic five. Uh, you're talking about Pete getting ready to f- start a new band and do his yeah. own thing,
2: <laughs> and very much I above mean, ground. And, and in fact, Vinny said that you know when 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 this this broke, you know, a week ago, it was a Saturday morning. And I was up quite early, you know, my dogs, as you, you heard barking in the background, there, they need letting now, you know, and my phone started ringing. It was just it was right around eight o'clock in the morning. I thought, who the who the hell's calling me this early? And I looked at the phone, and it was Vinny, and I thought, oh, he's probably just dialed me by mistake. But I picked up the phone. And he was on the other end, and he sounded so serious. He said, "Have you have you read your emails, Dad?" So I said, "No, man. I haven't even turned the computer." And he said, "Go read them. There's some really bad news." And the, the, and and you know, to to be totally honest with you, the first thought in my head was Pete. You know, um, because he's been through you know so much um, uh, you know, lately with his health. Um, but you know, you can imagine my shock when I saw it was Paul. I mean, I just left the guy. It's just it's just too strange to think about it but uh, yeah it is but, yeah but um you know i hope hoping Pete's. you know pete's gonna do okay he's not playing bass anymore he's singing now really so that he's front man now and in fact um i i, I, I can tell you because i think that it's a secret clive ed clive edwards who was the drummer in ufo for one and lawrence archer who was the guitar player in one of phil's lineups of ufo they are there in the band and um clive described pete as a cross between lemmy and lou reed <laughs> so, so so make make what you will of that i'm very interested to see it
1: why is he playing bass i wonder
2: um, i guess i guess he's not capable of singing and playing bass oh i don't know gosh. they've got another guy playing bass but i'm, I'm just glad to see you still out there doing something you know but i'm going to tell you something really strange before the last show there was a, the, My manager was in London for the last shows, and he said, "There's a guy come from Norway wants to do an interview with you." And I said, "You know, oh man, I don't like doing interviews on on show days." He said, "Well, he's come all the way from Norway. He's with this huge rock magazine from Norway." He said, "Would you do it?" I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll just come down a bit early and I'll do the interview with him." So I sat down with this guy before the show, and the first thing he, he asked me was, um, "I want to talk to you about Phil's retirement," and I had to say, "Well, he actually, Phil's not retiring. That's kind of a." you know, a, mis- a misconception, he's, you know, he's just, and they go, oh, man, there goes all my questions. So then he obviously we started started an interview, and, you know, at one point he said to me, am I right in thinking that that every past me- member, you know, in this band is is still alive? And I'm st- extremely superstitious. I went, hey, man, I've got a show to do, don't be Jesus? Oh, <laughs> and I knocked wow. on wood on the windowsill, you know, and said, come on, you know, but, yeah, probably, and then a week later, I get this news, and you know what I found out a few days ago was that Paul Chapman had a stroke about three or four weeks ago.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. And no, I-,
2: I didn't know that. So this this friend, uh, mutual friend that's been, uh, been close to Paul for the last few weeks, um, yeah, so apparently he lost the use of, of, of an arm, but he's doing better. He's on the mend. Oh, so wow. we, we so we send him our um, our best and wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm about to get on a plane and fly to Norway and find that guy and strangle him. Yeah, really? That's <laughs> like, crazy, you know, man. Don't be saying stuff like that, man. So anyway.
1: Well, look, man, I don't want to keep you too long. I, I you know I could talk to you forever, but I appreciate. I know, and it's
2: been a while. I've I been know. Seen you in ages. I mean, oh, last year we didn't work, so I didn't see you, but. Uh, and you know I'm I was gonna to get to see you on on the on the American run oh later for in the year. sure
1: you know me I'll be like uh, you know following the bus around if I can absolutely yeah <laughs> but Good. but Good. you know I, I was so I, I the, the, the 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 really the, the thing that's killing me about this too as a fan is I was this close to coming over to to catch maybe the London show because it was you know the last run and all that and I was this close to getting on a plane but my schedule was so crazy I said you know what I'll wait I'll see the guy soon enough here you're playing the you know I I'm I'm on board the uh, Megadeth cruise that's coming up and I suggested to Dave Mustaine when he was on this show I said you got to get UFO on that because I know he's a big fan I know you're playing the pre-party for that I know you got all these dates so I'm like I'm going to get a lot of UFO in the US it'll be all good and now tragically um, just shocked to to, to see that it won't be with Paul but I'm glad to hear you're going to continue at least for these days absolutely
2: absolutely he would have wanted that you know i mean and, and and if if i'd have been you know if i'd have been the one to go i would expect the guys to carry on so i'm you know I don't think that was ever an issue. It's just how you know, how we'll carry on. But yeah, so that that cruise you're on that cruise. I think that's that's 2020, isn't it? That cruise? no, no,
1: the Megadeth one, which is this October, called the Mega Cruise. You oh, I guys see that aren't, You For guys aren't actually. Party. Yes, you actually aren't on the. You guys aren't actually going on the cruise, but you're playing uh, right. the pre. party oh, okay. Yeah,
2: because we're yeah. on the we're on the 2020, which is Rock Legends Cruise. Okay. We're doing, and I think that's. Um, February 27th to the 2nd of March on tw- in 2020, but yeah, I see this now. October 12th, Avalon, Avalon Hollywood in LA. Yeah. so
1: that's like your LA play, and it's a pre-party right, for okay. the mega-deck gotcha. cruise. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. So it'll be great. It'll be great, and of course, all the tour dates and everybody can find them online. And uh...
2: yeah, I'm just looking to see. Oh, Sony Hall in New York. Yes. So no doubt we'll see you there.
1: Yes, as long as I'm in town. But most of the shows that I've been catching have been in other cities because I've been traveling so much myself. But, but are you
2: still doing your, your speaking around your date things? Yeah? Doing
1: that, hosting stuff, doing my Good. show from different places. So, you know, i got young kids trying to pay the bills, Andy. They're coming yeah, up on college, right? I don't man. have
2: to tell you how, how tiring it can get touring <laughs> like that. So, you know, so you can see why Phil wants to wind it down at his age. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, good. It was a a pleasure speaking to you, Eddie, as always. And, um, you know, play something for me, for Paul.
1: Yeah. Well, I will. And I'll tell you what, man, my condolences to you and the entire UFO family and to to all the fans. I mean, uh, we we all loved him. He was such a huge, huge part of the history of the band and the sound of the band. And he will absolutely be missed. And uh, you take care of yourself, Andy. I'll I'll see you you soon, man. Safe travels, Okay. Okay. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, my thanks, Dandy Parker, and as I mentioned, it now has been revealed since I did that interview that Neil Carter, who performed with UFO on Mechanics, Wild, Willing, and the Innocent, and Making Contact, has indeed returned to the band to take over the vacant guitar, rhythm, uh, rhythm guitar, and keyboard slot in the band. Very much looking forward to seeing UFO with Neil Carter, and hoping that Neil's return will maybe mean a return to some of the material from those records that he made with UFO, which I would love to hear, and we'll see if that indeed does happen. So that's what's going on in UFO land, and again, condolences as we continue to remember and mourn the passing of Paul Raymond as well. It's Eddie Trunk and the Eddie Trunk Podcast for another week. I appreciate you guys listening. Remember, the interviews you hear... On this podcast, all originate on my daily SiriusXM radio show, Trunk Nation, live Monday through Fridays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, with a replay every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and you can listen on demand anytime you want on the SiriusXM app. If you are in the U.S. or Canada, please join me for my daily show on SiriusXM and get involved and get on board with it, getting a little sample of what I'm doing here weekly on the podcast. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As I mentioned before, there's a ton of appearances. Be sure to keep an eye on them, all listed on the homepage of eddietrunk.com. I ran some of them down earlier. And be sure to follow on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk, for info and updates. You guys have yourselves a great week, and I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode. And if you're in Southern California, come on out to the ride for Ronnie this Sunday in Encino in the afternoon, and come on out and see me Monday at the Rainbow, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific, as I broadcast live from the patio with major special guests live on Sirius XM Volume. And the Rainbow event is no admission, no ticket needed. Just come on down. Have a great week, everybody. Catch you next Thursday. <laughs>
2: Winter is coming.
1: I'm not sure if as you are prepared to meet almost certain doom,
0: if uh, maybe being a little tipsy isn't the way to go into it.
1: So it's time to join Survivor's Rob Sister Nino on Post Show Recaps as he brings you highlights of the biggest television event of the year. Other than the, the dragons, whose job is it to take out the Night King? Download new episodes of Post Show Recaps every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
0: Dragons Not Included.